The Leach Report Radio Network is on the air with the voice of the Wildcats, Tom Leach. This is where the Big Blue Nation comes for the latest news and views on the Cats. Interact with the show now by tweeting at Leach Report or email leachreport at gmail.com. Call us at 877-904-1080. Now, the voice of your Wildcats, Tom Leach. Welcome in to our Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. Coming to you from the Clark's Pump and Shop studio here in Lexington. And back in the saddle after a little vacation time. Took my uh, annual baseball excursion with my buddy Steve Hayes, who was on with us last week. We went to see a couple of games in Oakland. We had not been to the A's stadium. And it is... Uh, it. it that lived down to expectations. Uh, people were fantastic. The A's fans were, were wonderful, very friendly, and uh, the baseball was very good. Saw a walk-off two-run homer on Friday night. The weather was fantastic. But the stadium reminded me of, uh, if you're a Reds fan, going to Riverfront Stadium because it was opened in 68 in one of those big circular stadiums um, and uh, you know, hard plastic seats and all the rest. So um, nothing special there or or the uh, the city around it, but... Um, good baseball, good uh, good fans, and a good time. So happy to uh, to be back. Uh, glad uh, that you guys uh, hung in there with our uh, subs, Dick Gabriel, Cameron Mills. Thank them for um, their roles in filling in, pinch hitting over the last few days. And we'll get back at it today with Larry Vaught and then Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV. As we roll into our Wildcat News of the Day and Media Days, Day 2, down in Alabama today, and Mark Stoops will be speaking, along with Darian Kennard and Josh Paschal. Uh, yesterday, festivities got underway with Greg, San- Greg Sankey, the commissioner, doing his annual address. A couple of highlights from that. No postponements for COVID this year. It's going to be forfeits. Uh, if you don't have enough players to be able to play, you're not going to be able to reschedule it. You'll just forfeit the game. And he said only six of 14 teams in the league have hit the goal of 80% vaccinations. He said, quote, that number needs to grow and grow rapidly. Uh, so I would imagine that question will come up quite frequently for Stoops and the other coaches, and I would suspect uh, none of them will uh, give you a definitive answer about it since it's a, a medical uh, issue. But that's going to be uh, still a, a storyline we'll have to deal with this coming season, it, it looks like, especially if uh, that number on the 80% vaccinations fails to improve game six of the nba finals is coming up tonight been a good series um watched the game on saturday and uh, phoenix made a a run late to get back in a position to have the ball down one and then uh, devin booker drove into traffic and got the ball taken away and milwaukee scored at the other end to clinch game six and go up three games to two so now it's do or die for the suns tonight uh, as they uh, take on the bucks in milwaukee and it looked like at the start of this that uh, Devin was headed for his first NBA title ring, but now the Bucks have rallied to take a 3-2 lead. Uh, Booker also was interviewed on ESPN, talked about, uh, was asked about the comparisons that have been made between him and Kobe Bryant, and he just talked about how much Kobe meant to him as a mentor and said, quote, I should never be compared to Kobe Bryant. A couple of basketball recruiting notes. Kentucky has offered a center in the class of 2022, Kyle Filipowski. Uh, he's from Massachusetts. Uh, also, 24-7's Eric Bossy is the latest to predict 
that 2022's Shaden Sharp, uh, ranked by some as the number one player in the class, uh, Bossy predicts that he will sign with the Cats. A lot of positive buzz for Kentucky right now on that particular recruiting front. Chris Rodriguez, named the watch list for the Maxwell Award that goes to the top player in college football. And former U.K. quarterback Max Smith, named the quarterback coach at Heidelberg University. So congrats to uh, Max Smith. A couple of uh, notes of some of our uh, sponsors here on the show that help uh, bring you this show uh, each day. Uh, Went over to uh, Jimmy's Kentucky Roadshow Shop here in Lexington last week and took some old uh, baseball, basketball, and NFL cards. And uh, I've had these in boxes for years. I collected probably around 1968 to 72 or 3, somewhere in there maybe. And um, I've got uh, cards from those eras. None of them are in pristine condition. But I thought, well, I've had these in boxes and baggies and things for years. And I'll, uh, I'd heard the, the prices have gone up there after the as a result of the people being homebound during the pan- pandemic. And uh, I was surprised. Some of the old NBA cards were the ones that uh, were the most valuable. Nothing life-changing, but uh, uh, those uh, uh, cards, like a uh, Will Chamberlain and uh, uh, well, an NFL card from uh, Gail Sayers. So anyway, that was uh, kind of fun to see what uh, some of the, the value of those were. Nothing from the baseball side had, uh, had much value, unfortunately. And then um, another uh, client, uh, TripNote Pros, that... Uh, does handicapping analysis based on the the trips that horses have, and they had a really good uh, weekend at at Del Mar with some uh, nice prices. So uh, those folks, and also racing with Bruno, who tracks the morning workouts. So from one you get the trips, and from other one you get the workouts, and uh, both giving out some nice prices so far from Saratoga and Del Mar. Heading to a break. When we come back, Larry Vaught will join the program. Ken Spencer a little later. It's the Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. It's the Leach Report on Talk Radio 1080. Coming up next, it's Kentucky Sports Radio with Matt Jones. Back into our Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. At 16 past the top of the hour, we go to the drinksword.com hotline to bring on Larry Vaught from vaughtsviews.com and yoursportsedge.com. Larry, just saw a note on Twitter from uh, Tyler Thompson just in the last couple of minutes that Chris Oates' family is planning to sell shirts to raise money to help uh, pay for his uh, recovery recovery and rehabilitation. And I guess that is one of the positive developments, uh, the very much a positive development of uh, name, image, and likeness that uh, he can now uh, do this, the uh, 22 strong shirts that hopefully uh, will sell real well in the BBN. Oh, well, that's great. I hadn't, hadn't heard that. class. Tyler shared that information. I hadn't heard anything about it. I would think that uh, University of Kentucky fans, and especially University of Kentucky football fans, will wholeheartedly endorse that as a terrific way to be able to help Chris. And that's really a good idea on somebody's part, and uh, I think that'll just be a, a terrific thing and will pick up a lot of momentum and r- really makes me happy to hear that, Tom. That's one of the things that should have been in place for a long time it, that got us to this NIL uh, situation that college sports is in now, that this should have been uh, able to do that a long time ago. 
Uh, absolutely. And it wouldn't surprise me if there may not be a two or three different uh, fans who have <laughs> good, good financial uh, sources that may buy a lot of shirts because that'll be one way you can do it and nobody ask any questions about it. So I hope this raises a bundle of money for Chris and his family. Yeah, I uh, would uh, hope so. Let's talk. Uh, start with uh, SEC Media Days. Um, you've covered this event uh, many times, I'm sure. It's back down in uh, Hoover, Alabama now. Mark Stoops will uh, talk today along with uh, Darian Kennard and Josh Paschal, the two players that uh, he took along. And uh, those are, are two guys that uh, certainly could be very impactful in this coming season on either side of the ball. Absolutely. And, yeah, the SEC Media Days for – for many years was one of my favorite events ever and then it got a little more structured a little more structured and cut out being able to uh get quite as much one-on-one interaction with players or coaches as what you used to be able to and and i understand that is with all the different demands that there are now but it uh it, it just wasn't quite the same for me after that of course i go all the way back to one year uh, d- doing a Skyrider tour. So I was just going to ask you about that. For uh, younger fans, won't uh, uh, probably uh, well certainly won't remember any of this. But I've heard Oscar talk about it. I didn't know you participated. Where uh, riders for the that cover the various teams uh, boarded an airplane together and they flew to different SEC sites to kind of do media days in that fashion. Yeah, I, I did it one time. Might have been the most tiring thing I've ever done. I'll tell you that it was it, it, it was a it, it, it was a grind to, to say the to say the least. So one time was enough for me on that. And I don't know how they finally decided on coming to the central location, which made a whole lot more sense from the media standpoint. I don't know if it did for the coaches' standpoint or not, but I think from a, from a PR standpoint, it made a lot more sense too. But that was a a, a difficult grind that you have to be uh, up in age to remember those days even being there uh it is obviously getting a, a huge amount of coverage this week and that's the the benefit of uh you know having it at a, a central location rather than doing something like what we're talking about but uh stoops will talk today quarterback is going to be at the the top of the list of of questions uh, certainly, and uh, I think every coach is going to be asked about uh, COVID, given what the commissioner said yesterday with only six of the 14 teams hitting 80% vaccinations. Yeah, and I, I guess maybe I don't quite understand. I mean, I, I, I've been fully vaccinated. I would just assume most people would want to be, and I would, would have certainly thought athletes would want to go ahead and be vaccinated, and, and hopefully that's something they will all get worked out. I've not really ever heard Mark say anything about numbers with the Kentucky guys, but I'm assuming he'll be asked that today and we'll find out whether Kentucky is one of the 16s at 80% or not because I know like Dan Mullen of Florida yesterday wouldn't answer. So that tells me his team wasn't one of those at 80% because I think if, if you are at 80%, you're going to let people know you're one of them. Yeah, and maybe that'll be how it, how it comes about. Uh, he, I think, said they were getting close. But if you look at when uh, on the the news when they put up the uh, states with the lowest vac- vac- vaccination rates, it's basically a footprint of the SEC. Yeah, that's exactly right. And unfortunately, that's exa- exactly right. So, and that's something that's not going away as we're, we're finding out. So, I hope with the start of the season getting here before uh, before we know it, 
that that could be something that could help be corrected and that we get to have a normal season. But as we're seeing, even with the Olympics, things just continue to be disrupted and disjointed because of COVID. You know, it'd be interesting, uh, given what, you know, the commissioner said yesterday, and he said there's not going to be any more rescheduling. It's, you'll forfeit if you don't have enough players ready to play. Uh, that, as, as that kind of sinks in, I wonder if vaccination rates start to, uh, I- improve relative to, uh, football concerns for fans. Well, I, I would think so, wouldn't, wouldn't you? I mean, Greg Sankey made it pretty clear. That they, as you said, that there's no more do-overs. If if you can't play, then then you forfeit, and that's certainly not anything any coach wants. And and the amount of revenue that could be involved for the home school in that situation is a is a big number. So, a a lot of incentives to get this done and get this taken care of, and, and hopefully they all will. Talk with Larry Vaught on the DrinkSword.com hotline. Uh, Swords. Sword Performance as their new Shield product, and it is a way to hydrate better and faster with balanced electrolytes and natural ingredients. And we'll be right back to Larry Vaught to continue our discussion here in just a moment on the Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. We're back with Larry Vaughn, 25 past the top of the hour here on this Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. I uh, saw at uh, Vaughn'sViews.com and YourSportsEdge.com, you have a story up with uh, Reed Shepard's high school coach. Yeah, Nate Valentine t- talking about uh, Reed's recruitment and his offer to Kentucky, which didn't come as a surprise to him because he indicated that maybe Kentucky had been a little bit more contact with, with, with Reed than what we knew about because he said the Shepherds just aren't a family that goes out and beats their own drum and shares a lot of information about different things so that it didn't surprise him that Kentucky had offered when it did and talk about the different things that Reed does so well and, and what he also will be working on to get even better this year. Then also I had him talk a little bit about the uh, scrutiny that he thinks is going to be on his team this year because there was a lot last year when they started out undefeated and scoring almost 100 points a game. But crowds were so limited as to who could get out and watch them play. But if you remember, they actually had a couple of games on TV there in Lexington because people wanted to see Reed and North Laurel play. And I think this year, anytime that team plays, odds are the gym is probably going to be at capacity. Yeah, I would think so. And this uh, recruitment ended up playing out the way they they typically do for Cal and for Kentucky, that Cal actually wants to see the guy himself before they f- uh, formally make an offer. And so he did that down at Birmingham, and they made the offer. Yeah, I, I think part of what kind of juiced everybody up a little bit was when the Louisville offer came and some other offers came, and there were a couple of offers that Kentucky made in the 2023 class before this, but yeah, I think just the fact they wanted to see him play in person and the credit to the entire Shepherd family, you never heard anything there about any anxiety or wondering why Kentucky wasn't offering or when are they going to do it or where are they going to do it. The Shepherds just kind of took everything in stride. And, and as we're seeing now, I mean, there's been other schools that have offered since Kentucky after they've had a chance to see him play this summer too. So I think the number of offers for Reed will just continue to increase but now at least 
the buzz has settled out among Kentucky fans a little bit about is there's animosity between Jeff and, and John Calipari. Is there no chance where he'll come to Kentucky? Is if he gets an offer, will he just commit immediately? Now all those things are kind of over and done with. He's got his offer. He can just go ahead and play, have his normal junior season like anybody else. Happy, and I know you are too, for Keldon Johnson and what he's doing with uh, the Olympic team now. He you know gets his chance through some COVID defections, and initially his name didn't pop up. And I, and I remember at the time thinking, you know, was, you know, just following this from from on vacation, but thinking, you know, I could see. Popovich taking him because he coached him at Sacramento, so he knows him, can trust him, and he's already there as part of their system. And it ended up happening, and that's a great opportunity for him. Yeah, a couple of folks I know who have kind of followed this and been close to the team said he was just exactly what they needed. The Olympic team didn't need scoring. They needed somebody that could play play defense, could, could rebound, and do what Popovich needed them to do. Of course, Kelvin just happened to get 15 points, 17 minutes in the first game. So that was kind of a nice plus. But I, th- I think you're right. He was just kind of right there and, and, and fit in exactly to what they needed. And we talked a lot about how Emmanuel quickly waited his change, took advantage of things when he was in Kentucky and how it's led to him. Well, Kelvin's kind of been the same route. It just happened for him in the NBA. He didn't panic that first year when he had to go to the G League for a while. And when they got to that bubble last year, he just really – excelled and then this season started every game but two and now he's on the olympic team and terrific young man I, and i got tickled when he saw about that his mom cried when he told her about it and all like it because i can i can imagine that so kudos to him i hope he gets a chance to play and play well yeah it uh, should be a great opportunity so and devin booker will be joining them soon um hopefully after game seven and not game six and then uh bam is already a part of it too so the strong kentucky flavor on that uh, team usa larry thank you much as always all right tom that's larry vaught joining us on the drinksore.com hotline here on the leach report you know the other thing with uh, what uh, keldon is doing and it fits in with the narrative that uh, cal will be i'm sure pitching to to this team to uh sacrifice uh buy into the, the process that is in place here at Kentucky, the way they do things, because they teach you how to be a real pro. And it pays off at the next level, as it is uh, now for Keldon and some of the other guys. Uh, we are halfway home on this edition of the Leach Report. Coming up, Ken Spencer from WHAS-TV. You're tuned to Talk Radio 1080 and The Leach Report. And visit TomLeachKY.com for more news and views on the cats. From the Clark's Pump and Shop Studio, it's the second half of The Leach Report for this Tuesday. Clark's new downtown location, uh, downtown Lexington location, is open across from where they're doing all the Rupp Arena construction, uh, Maine, and I think it's Felix downtown. And our uh, Sunday morning show guys have uh, been there uh, here in Lexington in recent weeks. So stop in for snacks and drinks downtown at Clark's Pump and Shop. Um, SEC Media Day is continuing, and uh, we're going to try to catch up to 
Ken Spencer here in uh, just a bit. Talk a little UK football and uh, basketball with him. One thing that came out of uh, Media Days yesterday is that there is a new SEC Network hype song. Uh, Luke Combs did it called South On You. And, well, it's, uh, it's a minute long, so that'll take you through every team in the league. Let's uh, give it a listen. So that's the new SEC hype song. You'll be hearing a lot of that. Don't know if it's going to replace the uh, Taylor Hicks song that uh, is associated with Paul Feinbaum's show. Maybe they'll do both, but uh, I would imagine this one will be getting a lot of push now. You know, the grass in Kentucky, it's, you know, you need to say the blue grass in Kentucky, I think. And then he talks about the blue skies in Carolina. I would imagine that's not going to be a big hit there because they always talk about the sky being Carolina blue. And that's, that's North Carolina, not South Carolina. So um, those two particular lyrics, I think, uh, are a little problematic for, for fans of those teams. Yeah, otherwise, it's, a, it's okay. Um, it's Everybody's looking for the, the song that hits the home run, and um, they uh, rarely seem to find it. Links to the stories that we talk about each day, like that one and, and the rest, are on the uh, Bud Light Leach Report page at TomLeachKY.com. Uh, we are working to land Kent Spencer from WHAS-TV. So let's take a quick break and see if we can catch up to Kent when we come right back here on this Tuesday edition of The Leach Report. Look for The Leach Report on Facebook. Show updates, contests, and other cool stuff. Check it out today. Tuesday edition of the Leach Report, about 19 away from the top of the hour, and uh, we are still working to land Mr. Spencer and work on a couple of Plan B options here, so hopefully have something rolling in just a minute as we go into second the second day of the SEC Media Days down in Birmingham. A lot of folks busy uh, down there covering this. I think uh, Anna Tarullo checked in uh, on the uh, show yesterday with Gabe uh, from, uh, from there. Mark Stoops talks today, and so... Uh, Obviously, quarterback's going to be a hot topic for him. Uh, also, uh, you're going to get uh, questions, I'm sure, for every coach, as we said, about uh, COVID-19. Dick Gabriel joins us now uh, to chat a little bit about this. I know uh, you were talking a little bit about it when you uh, hosted for me yesterday with uh, Anna, with uh, with Steve Moss. But uh, you've covered this event uh, many times. Uh, what else are going to be the hot topics for Stoops today after QBs and uh, and COVID that every coach will get? I think new offense, uh, especially with Kentucky, you know, it's not often that you change your offense, A, and B, uh, dip into the NFL ranks. 
and, and it's not necessarily an about face, but it is something that I think going to be a noticeable change. And everybody knows, of course, they've added Wondell Robinson. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be, I think, one of the, the topics for discussion. But I also think that everybody there knows what happened in uh, the combine with Jamin Davis. So, you know, they realize, A, that he was a sensational athlete, and B, that Kentucky lost a guy that they thought they would have this year. You know, that's a, that's a hole that they've got to fill. So, yeah, there's a lot of talking points, but you're right. They'll get they'll get bogged down in the quarterback story, but that's not the only one. I think the uh, offensive line's going to be an interesting story with yeah. Rosenthal's arrival from LSU because he plays left tackle. The plan was to move Darian Kennard there uh, from the right side, uh, which could certainly, uh, if he excelled there, increase his, his value at the NFL level. So uh, I would imagine that question will come up today. You would think so, especially from, you know, some of the guys that are from Louisiana. Um, but, you know, how often is an offensive line a topic of discussion at these events? Um, you know, but it should come up. You're right. Yeah, the Kentucky uh, guys may, uh, that yeah. are down there, guys and ladies that are, that are down there may ask about that. Yeah, exactly. You know, especially the, the ones who haven't had a chance to, to really talk much. Uh, with Stoops or with the players. I think as well that the Josh Pascal will tell his story more than once. You know, I mean, it's a heck of a story. And uh, he not only is he a survivor, but now he's one of the better linebackers or DNs, wherever you're going to play him, in the SEC. So I think he'll get a lot of attention for that. Uh, you have, you, for many years, you did a, a show with C.M. Newton, a, a weekly radio show when he was the AD, and uh, you do the, the interviews regularly with Mitch on our uh, football game coverage. And the idea of, I guess, deregulation or decentralization of authority of the NCAA is, is coming up now, I guess, from Mark Emmert. Greg Sankey talked about it in his address yesterday, uh, and it uh, looks like that uh, this NIL thing, even more so than the transfer portal, uh, is uh, the way that's coming about is going to bring about some some more area changes in uh, more rapidly in other areas too. Yeah, it may, but I think people and I'm an outlier on this, but I think people forget that this is an institution that is member driven, member generated. Uh, you know, the rule book is a big rule book, but the schools themselves came up with all those rules and decided on those and agreed on all those rules. So I, I think it'll, it has to always be, uh, you know, something that's basically self-policed, uh, you know, because the only other way to do that would be to appoint, you know, for lack of a better term, sort of a college sports congress that oversees it. And nobody wants that, you know, so... Uh, you know, even if they break up the NCA and form another union of sort, another group with a different acronym, it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be the schools looking out for each other, looking over each other's shoulders, passing rules to try to keep something of a level playing field because, you know, everybody wants the opportunity to win. That's what it comes down to. Um, but, yeah, there are going to be changes, no question about it. But it's the old expression, the more things change, the more they stay the same. And I think at the end of the day, that's what we're going to see. The uh, there's been talk for years about the the biggest conferences breaking off because it is a you know a much different uh, set of considerations when you're Murray or Eastern or Western versus you know UK and U of L right 
That's just in Kentucky. Yeah, you know, and the first thing I think of is March Madness, because if that happens, uh, then you very likely will not see the NCAA basketball tournament, men or women, the way we've seen in the past. You won't see the Cinderella's. You'll have a a Power 65 tournament, uh, you know, where everybody gets in. And like you said, the EKUs or the Murray States or the George Masons or whoever won't have the opportunity to play on the big stage and pull off the upsets that we all love. Uh, they're going to kill the golden goose, essentially. The other thing that's going to happen is sports will start to go away. If that's the case, yeah, the OVC schools, the SWAC schools, places like that, will revert to club sports or football, men's basketball, and that's about it. And then a lot of the women's sports satisfy Title IX. So, uh, you know, like I said, uh, change is good sometimes, but you can change too much and ruin everything. What do you think about what has happened so far with NIL? Uh, about what you expected, uh, less or more? Well, that's a good question. Uh, I kind of thought there would be more coming out of the blocks, but I think part of the problem is that they don't know exactly, uh, you know, how to regulate it because there has to be some regulation. You know, it's like Barnhart said in his Zoom meeting with us that they want to make sure that they, that they look after the athletes, not just look after the schools, but make sure the athletes don't get drawn into something that's that's untoward or, or illegal or whatever, and they're starting to trying to figure out still what is legal, what is proper. So, uh, But I just think it's fascinating, and I think the pendulum is going to swing wildly in one direction before it swings back the other way. But I think you're going to see a lot of creative moves with the NIL. It's kind of fun, really. You know, it's going to be interesting as um, we see the different deals that come about um, and uh, what, you know, when players, for instance, do deals where they're going to, you know, be uh, on a podcast on a regular basis or they're going to write a blog on a, on a regular basis, uh, you know, uh, how much are they going to be able to say uh, and how much, you know, then how much values are going to be in that? The, uh, value is going to be a, a key word as this all plays out on both sides of the equation. Exactly, because, you know, the newness of it all and the fact that, okay, here's an athlete uh, doing this, that's going to wear off. So now, yeah, what is the value? What, what, are the, what am I getting if I'm a sponsor? What am I getting for my money if I'm a viewer, a consumer? What am I getting for my time? And, you know, I was talking when you were, you were off last week to Justin Rowland about that, and, and he brought up, you know, the, the term secrets. You know, they, they can't give up team secrets, and I've heard that before. So, you know, players are going to be coached up by their respective institutions as to what they can say and what they can't say. You know, they can't give them a game plan, that sort of stuff. They don't want to provide more material. You know, they can still say interesting things, but only to a point. So, um, yeah, this is all new ground, and it's going to be really fun to kind of explore it at first. But what are we going to settle into? Chat with uh, Dick Gabriel, uh, and we'll uh, take a uh, quick final break and then have one more segment to go. It's the Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. Back to the drinksword.com hotline. We're chatting with uh, Dick Gabriel here for a few more minutes on this Tuesday edition of the Leach Report. Our uh, radio team had a chance to 
go over to one of the UK uh, football weekly cookouts that they do. Uh, did that last week and thought it was interesting. Several of the players came up and were uh, seeking us out to just say hi. I'm so and so. Jacquez Jones was one. Had a nice chat with him. The transfer from Ole Miss. But I think that's. I thought that was noteworthy from from this NIL discussion we've been having. I think these guys are going to be more tuned in to uh, you know their media image and their public image and so forth. Oh, yeah, fully agree. And, uh, you know, not shy about it at all. You know, it, it's almost like they were saying, get to know me. You know, know this face, know this name. Uh, out there, I'm going to have a, a helmet and a mask on. But, uh, you know, remember who I am. And it's just smart. And I think Tom as well, and I'm sure you said hello to Courtney Love, who is, you know, working on the 4 for 40 program that Freddie Maggard established some years ago and working on a website for the team and trying to help these guys understand that there, there's so much more beyond football. Uh, and that's all part of it, you know, and they, they talk about working on their brand and, you know, they have speakers come in and talk to them about that. So yeah, I thought that was, that was really interesting and kind of fun. And it wasn't just the veterans either. There was a couple of, there were a couple of, as you mentioned, a transfer true freshman, uh, taking advantage as best they could. Through that, uh, four for forty program you're talking about. Uh, Kentucky's been a little proactive on this kind of brand building talk and and those things uh, for a while now uh, ahead of uh, you know NIL and you know it's got to be an important part of uh, of a major uh, college program's uh, pitch to to recruits too. Oh, absolutely. You know we're going to take care of you. You know, give you the opportunity to be taken care of and take care of yourself for the rest of your life, you know, it's, it's, when they talk about education, it's not just as, as we used to call it, the book learning anymore, of course. And, and in, in that 4 for 40 program, they're taught uh, how, to, how to handle their money, not just if you're a pro athlete, but just, you know, if you become a business person, uh, you know, what, what to do if you are indeed, uh, you know, uh, signing a pro contract and, and how to take care of things like that, but also just how to behave. You know, they talk to them about, um, you know, don't put up silly, stupid things on the Internet that you can't take back. You might be able to take down a post, but somebody's going to have it forever, you know. So uh, it was a great idea when, when Freddie launched it, and then uh, when he moved on, uh, other people have picked it up and, and run with it. And, that, yeah, that's a great, uh, you know, tell the parents, you know, your kid's going to go to class and your kid's going to learn how to be an adult. Uh, Kentucky uh, will talk today at sec media days and then at the end of this at the end of the week we'll get the media poll on the season um kentucky i would think would be either third or fourth in the in the east uh, out of the poll and should have some good representation on the all-conference teams i would think and you know what's interesting is that chris rodriguez i would think would be have a pretty good shot at being preseason first team all-conference and as you know, Tom, he's never started a game. So I think that, that might be a first in the history of the, uh, the SEC. But, uh, you know, Darian Kennard, yeah, I think you'll see his name pop up as well. I'm curious to see from defense who gets uh, some run because it's such a great defensive conference. But I think if not first team, you'll see second and third if they go that deep. I suspect uh, Rodriguez will uh, will get a start this coming season, but it's worked out well for Devin Booker. He didn't start here. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. And Benny Snell, that would carry the ball his first two uh, games as a Wildcat, that worked out well as, as well. So, uh, you know, it can happen. What's your sense, because uh, I was asked this question recently, of the expectation 
level? Where's the bar set for fans for this football team? I think fans are, are a little optimistic and a little cautious because of what happened last year. They saw Kentucky stumble a bit. They're not used to seeing that. There's generally one game a year where they seem to stumble, but it seemed like there were more moments like that last year in a tough year. Um, but I think if, play, if things fall into place, they know, given the, the manageability of the schedule, they got a chance to do something really special this year. Uh, but, you know, it's, you and I have talked about this before. How many ifs are there? There are, there are probably more than, than we've seen in the past few years with Kentucky. If they can settle on a quarterback, if they can get good play out of the middle of the O-line, if they can uh, get a good play in the middle of the D-line, that sort of thing. When as you reduce those, as you take them off your list and uncheck those boxes, you get a better and better chance of winning. And they got a chance to do something special. Gabe, thanks for coming to the rescue. All righty. That's uh, Dick Gabriel uh, filled in for me a couple of days while I was gone and uh, hosts the Big Blue Insider uh, weeknights on our flagship station in Lexington, WLAP. It's at Big Blue Insider 1, where you can follow him on Twitter. Um, by the way, coming up on Friday, uh, Freddie Maggard will join us for the whole show to recap SEC Media Days, and not just what the Kentucky folks have to say today, but other teams as well, and talk about the upcoming college football season because uh, camp, training camp for Kentucky is going to start here in a couple of weeks, and we'll really start to get excited and, and ramp up for the upcoming college football season. Um, and hopefully COVID won't be uh, too big of, uh, of an impact on it. Um, See how that plays out, especially with the vaccinations here over the next few weeks with what the commissioner said yesterday. Going to do it for our edition of the Leach Report. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Leach Report. Make sure you check out the podcast page at TomLeachKY.com whenever you miss a 